There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Just a heads up that uh, I know that some people often listen to Sentimental Garbage and they just are a fan of the podcast and they don't always know what we're talking about or the movie or the themes that will come up. So just to say that Stepmom is a movie that has a, a lot of themes around cancer and death and that might not be an ideal listen for everyone this week. So maybe wait till next week if you don't want to hear that right now. But it's an amazing episode. We have a lot of laughs. We do cry a lot. And I hope you like it. Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society sometimes makes us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline and it's finally legal to smoke dope, you just have to have cancer. Joining me is a limp dick who doesn't even know what snow blowing is. It's Lou Taylor. I was hoping you were going to say that. I saw you while I was doing the intro just jittering on the other side of the recording. So I was excited. Like, I wonder if she'll say he doesn't even know what snow blowing is. And still, I'm so glad. I, I first watched this movie when I was about eight years old. I'm now 33 years old and I still had to Google what snow blowing is. I just Googled it this morning. Oh. Disgusting. Oh my God. <laughs> if somebody told my daughter. I would that, have them guillotined. I don't want her to know that because she's obviously going to look it up when she's older. Yeah. When I first saw this movie when I was really, really young and like I have such a history with this film. Same. So what. You know how, like, at the end of school, people would bring in videos to watch on the last day? Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> at my school, St. Bridget's Eglantine in Cork, every fucking end of term, whether it was half term, summer break, winter break, whatever, the same two movies would get brought in by this girl, and we would vote between... It's like she was the only person who owned a VHS tape. It was so strange. Such power she had. Um, it was either A Little Princess or Stepmom. Oh, wow. And we would all vote. And, and uh, as when we were younger, it was A Little Princess. And when we were older, it was Stepmom. And it, it was like actually one of my first real lessons in sentimental garbage, which is how much women love to cry together. Yes. Because both movies would make us howl both for days. Yeah. yeah both are great. But like as we got older, stepmom became like this dominant thing. And I think I between the ages of about eight and thirteen, I think I've seen all this movie maybe seventeen times. Yeah, same. So when I first started watching it, it was almost like I don't it's not the film that you can binge watch because it's so sad. Yeah. But you ha like it's almost like to if I need a good cry, just growing up I would just put stepmom. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I've watched I I've watched it so many times, but I'm sort of like now I'm an adult, I'm like, why did I watch it so much? Because it is so yeah. sad. It's it's but it's such a great unbelievably sad. It, yeah. it meant so much to me growing up. Like I, it was just the best. It's interesting because I haven't really done a lot of big criers on this podcast no. before. I've done Titanic, obviously, which is a big mm. crier. But um, the the in, like, why is it that we love these things that make us cry, and why are we attracted to them so young? And I think for stepmom, it being such a thing for little girls, it like found this weird audience in little girls because so much of it is about these two women like fighting over the heart of an 11 year old girl. Yes, because we were the age of the girl. Yeah. And you could really put yourself in the girl's shoes, yeah. I think. And also because she's such a little bitch. She's so, yeah. I mean, I was going to go into this anyway, but like she didn't, 
warm the coggles. You know what I mean? The uh, the, the coggles. <laughs> she just didn't like. She didn't. I didn't associate with her as yeah. in her character. Yeah, you know what I mean. I thought she was a bit of a bitch. Totally. And now, as a thirty-something, I'm like able to see the traumatized, yeah. sensitive kid that this poor film is happening to. Yeah, but and as now a, I'm like, yeah, I as was a like kid, that. I was like, well, I'd be really nice to Julia Roberts if she was my mom, and yes. I would love getting a puppy, and I would. She has horses, and fuck her. And now I watch it back, I'm like, I was that little girl. I was like a little tearaway bitch. Yeah. My parents split up when I was that age. And I, like, watching that now, I'm like, yeah, I was her. But as, as a kid, I was like, I'm not her. So did you have a stepmom experience? I have a stepmom, but I didn't have, like, they didn't marry, like, when I was young mm-hmm. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. My dad had, like, a girlfriend and then he met another woman who he ha- is married to now. But it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was the same of me, like, having to move in. I actually had more of a stepdad in that respect. And I yes. was a little bitch to him. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So when this movie came along for you, if you don't mind me asking, where were you on the there. Jenna Malone trajectory? So the film came out in what, like... 98, Yeah. That is when my parents split up. So I was, oh. I was 12 when they split up. So I was watching this at the same time. Yeah. I was going through all that same stuff. It oh. was like, I, that's probably why it like meant so much to me. Yeah. Oh, you poor thing. I know. So I had more of a, like, I had more of an issue with my stepdad than I did with any of my dad's partners, mm-hmm. weirdly. Mm. And I, I love him now. Like, you know, we get on great. But yeah. like, at the time. And if you don't mind me asking, what was it about that that was more hurtful than your dad's partners? Um, He was like a, he was a bit of a character and... I was from quite a small town. Yeah. And he would like, he used to wear like sarongs and he had, and he had long grey hair and a long grey beard and he was very like hippie DJ. He was like a psychedelic trance DJ. My dad was like, I'm so glad I asked this question. (laughs) My dad's like Hugh Grant in for weddings and a funeral. So I'd had the opposite. Yeah. Like, and, and now this like really big, loud personality Gandalf had basically come into my life and I was like trans Gandalf trans Gandalf the guy like that's dressed as Gandalf dancing at like Glastonbury or whatever that was like him and I was I was too young to appreciate it and how cool it was and I was just like he's not my dad like I didn't want people to think he was my dad because he was a bit different but now I'm like I don't care he's great that's fun. That's so fun. Mm. Oh, but I can totally... Because like when you're that age, particularly 11, 12, and like it's portrayed so amazingly in this movie by Jenna Malone as Anna, like anything that makes you stand out in any way is so painful. Like the, the film literally opens with her being like, it's purple shirt day, where's my purple shirt? Yeah, you and, have to fit in. And I didn't... Yeah, yeah. And that was the point is like I compared to all my friends' families who... None of my friends' parents got divorced. Yeah. I think it was me and one other girl. And I really, really was like... I just wanted the normal family setup. I, that's all I wanted. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I know. Oh, this is the therapy session for me. I know. <laughs> uh, Noose was a crier, but I thought, you know, it's like early on. I'm still feeling very moved for you. I know. And then like, but yeah, so I think, and also just to add, my mum, who's Canadian, mm. has red curly hair and looks very much like Susan Sarandon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so watching this film, I'm like, oh my God. This is me. This is me. This is this is you. And my sister's four or five years younger than me, so it was like a similar yeah. age gap. Oh, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> I just 
I'm fine, think, by the way. I know you clearly you're fine. Thriving, <laughs> well, I don't know. thriving, and gorgeous. Um, but uh, the it really makes me think that there was such a proliferation of divorce content mm. during the 90s and I do like and this is directed by Chris Columbus whose other huge movie obviously the Home Alone movies but also Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire oh, yeah. which is such a divorce text you know yeah. and how hard it is for the kids yeah yeah like I think he's such a he's known as um there's the big profile on him that called him a very sentimental director it's like yeah he is, he is like yeah. he's he, he's such a master of like family and emotion and like also the micro relationships that happen within family yeah like to me this is a slight sort of segue into home alone but like the bit in home because i'm the youngest of a big family yeah the the bit in home alone that makes me so upset (laughs) is when um oh are you gonna cry (laughs) she's gonna cry (laughs) is that bit where um Oh my god! Oh, Caroline, I, I want to give you a cuddle. This has really surprised me. And the the bit where um you know Catherine O'Hara has finally made it home and she's gone through the poker bus and everything, yeah. and then she just like comes through the door and Kevin's there and they just like stand and they look at each other for a minute and there's like this this moment where she's like not sure whether this mistake she's made as a parent has like fucked up her child forever forever. because like there's like a blankness over his face that's so it's like such a mature moment for such a silly film yeah 100% and then it just breaks and like she's panicked and she's she's so scared and she's like it's almost like a we need to talk about Kevin moment of like is my kid changed forever he's been home what three days four days on his own and then they just break and they hug each other. And, it and just, he's the same. And he's the guy. same. He's just a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is right. Really, I actually yeah. have never really thought about that scene like too much in that way before. It yeah. really gets me really? now. Yeah. And I, and I think as well, because they had this like maybe a minute of screen time where they're alone together. And then the kids all, everyone else comes Everyone's, bursting in. And it's in. just a big family moment. Yeah. But I remember feeling like all I ever wanted when I was young was just to be alone with my mum because... It, Somebody else always had her attention. You had such a big family. Yeah. <laughs> and did you? You've got that sense. Tell me. You've yeah, got I that. was literally. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you've got that. Yeah, I was literally. I was just telling you that I was in Spain last week, and it was shite because there was bad weather. But my mom was there as well. My parents oh, were both there, and I had like a week with like just me and my parents, like fantasizing about being an only child, um, which was always so my nice. dream. Yeah. Oh, was it? Well, so I love my siblings, obviously, but you know, I think. So we've got the I'm the oldest. So okay. I, I um I mean obviously I fantasized as a child about my sister not being there. Yeah. I was Duh. Like, pretty pissed off when she arrived, but um yeah. But yeah, now I now I actually think I would like an older sibling. I think that would be fun. Yeah, it is good. I've yeah, I'd like a younger one, I think. I thought I did, you really? know. <laughs> yeah. But no, actually more no, more I wanted to just be with my parents alone, I think. That's so sweet. <laughs> And you got it. Yeah. Last week. I have to go to Spain though. Did you have that moment with your mum where she looked panicked and looked at you as if to be like, (laughs) my God, have I screwed her up forever? This is all to say that Chris Columbus really understands that in every family, it is not just one relationship, but there are many micro dynamics that are constantly shifting. And And you see it in Mrs. Doubtfire, you see it in Home Alone and you see it in this as well. Like the relationship in Mrs. Doubtfire between like the oldest girl is very different yeah. to the youngest girl. And yeah. he gets that really he gets that right. Totally. And that that moment in Mrs. Doubtfire as well. It's just a Chris Columbus special. Um <laughs> the moment in Mrs. Doubtfire as well where like there's a kind of understanding that like um 
the the two older kids figure out what's going on <laughs> and then it's like oh don't tell Maddie she's too yeah, little and she, too she her brain can't handle it mm. I think that's what's so good about Chris Columbus is that he understands how much kids can handle which is a little more than you think is but not too much he must be all men in Hollywood are <laughs> I mean he knows a lot about it he knows a lot about it he must do or maybe his parents got divorced but yeah. I don't know divorce wasn't massive probably for his parents yeah I I, I honestly don't know much about him Personally. I know that his, I think his mum died of cancer and he dedicated Just, the yeah, film to her. to her. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, it's Chris. Chris. I love how sad we are already this morning. <laughs> really early in the morning. Really early in the morning. Let's just go and have a cry. Come on. With a stranger. <laughs> With a stranger. Yeah. No, we've met once drunkenly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll t- <laughs> I remember thinking last night being like, I'm going to meet a total stranger tomorrow and talk about a movie that makes me cry more, more than, than any other movie. Any other movie. Because it is like the terms of endearment of our generation, I think. I think every generation has a big crying movie, you know, yeah. like Love Story was another one for people. Um, and this is it for us. I think, and like I, 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 this it would it, it performed really poorly on a critical level. It did. I was looking at the Rotten Tomatoes um, yeah. score, and it's like forty four percent. Yeah, but I sometimes don't trust Rotten Tomatoes Absol- because not at all. <laughs> have you seen Sister Act Two? Yeah, that's one of the best films of all time, <laughs> and specifically Sister Act Two. Um, not the first one, but the second one, and that's like thirteen percent or something on it's Rotten got, Tomatoes, and it's like you're what? giving Laura Lauren Goddamn Hill. I know thirteen percent. Whoopi and Lauren. Just the minute they came up with the subtitle "Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Back in the Habit. Come on, that is already one hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes. Give it more. Give it more. The music alone. It's like the voice. Oh, uh, the voice. Ridiculous. Anyway, but to get back to Setma. <laughs> We can do that one another time. <laughs> so, 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 um, the sort of the the plot recap to anybody who hasn't seen this in a long time, um, because honestly, I had not seen this in maybe twenty years, like until last night. Oh, really? I yeah. I think so I saw my, it a couple of years ago. But... Yeah, my entire frame of reference had completely shifted in a really interesting way because, as we just said, like I w- I was watching it as Anna before, and now we're about the same age as the Julia Roberts yes. character, right? Mm-hmm. And we are both childless women mm-hmm. living in a city um, in creative professions and like who are prioritising I don't know what your hopes are I hope to have a kid dot 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 question mark someday but I'm not like actively planning for it and we don't really know whether it was something she ever wanted for her life but regardless she has it she's in it she's in it and the movie opens with like she's woken up late in her amazing loft apartment that she shares with her old old boyfriend Ed Harris in Soho in Soho and we'll quickly pause to ask do you fancy Ed Harris in this movie? No. I'm not a big Ed Harris like it's not that I don't like him he just doesn't do it for me. He's got lovely eyes actually. I was watching like wow he's got really nice eyes and my sister who I was chatting to saying I just rewatched it because we used to watch it a lot together Mm. she was like oh yeah it's the film I fancy Ed Harris the most in and I was Mm. like interesting I've never fancied Ed Harris. Do you fancy him? No I think he... (laughs) I can see why she does, I guess. I, I, when I was trying to think of who else could be in that role that would have make, made him like, oh yeah, this would be the man who you derail your life for. Like, he is lovely. 
Like he's the, lovely. He feels like really sexy and really kind and like a like a genuinely and, lovely man and to like her. He'd be a very good lover. Yeah, he's got that intensity. Totally. It, it actually seems very realistic in that, like, mm. yeah, you see, you often see like gorgeous young women with older men, and then yeah. like you're like, what the fuck's going on there? Must be rich, and he is rich. Yeah, but he is attractive. <laughs> but I, but I he's, like, he's, he's, attractive. he's an attractive person, but I don't find him to be an attractive man. No, I, guess. It's, I, I wouldn't meet him or see him in the street and be like, I really fancy that guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. However, I might get to know him and be like, I really fancy that guy. Yeah. And I can, I think that's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how did they meet? How did they? He's a lawyer. And she's a photographer. Which I, <laughs> I can't wait to get into photography. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so for, for, they, they met somehow and um, then she decided that she was going to jack in her amazing life to look after his kids. A lot. A lot. Like, like, it, like, rather a lot. Like, you don't see much of their relationship. It's the only... Yeah. It's my only bugbear about... Like, I'm like, I don't... I don't know why she's with him at this point because you don't see that that much of it. The only time you really see them alone together is when they're in the kitchen and Anna keeps mm. interrupting them by prank calling and when he proposes to her, which is very beautiful. Yeah, that's a nice one. It's really nice. For me, I, but I think that's why he's so good in this role in that there's such a warmth emanating from him and between the two characters and the movie is about those two women it's about these two amazing female performances that he's he is the definition of a yeah. great supporting he's cast su- member and he does it really well to be fair yeah. even though you don't see much of their relationship the bits that you do see you're not like you're, you're not, not in doubt really no, you're like yeah, yeah this guy he loves his kids yeah he's obviously a nice guy and he still really cares for his uh, ex-wife yeah yeah and their scenes together are great as well yeah 100% it's. I just think it's so well written. This movie. I do, and I'm so. It annoys me that it yeah. got badly reviewed. And it, it like, I remember hearing something about Mrs. Doubtfire, where it was a conversation between Robin Williams and Chris Columbus, where he says like he's never going to um, talk shit about Sally Field. You know what I mean? It's like he's only ever going to advocate for himself. He's never. It's like very. It was very careful, basically, that this was going to be a movie watched by children of divorce, and that it was going to provide a kind of a roadmap for those children and this feels like a movie where it's providing a roadmap for the parents Yes, where it's it's, it's actually very the scenes that involve the kids are so careful Yeah, you know even like right up into explaining the concept of death to them you know it's like (gasps) it's like so careful yeah it's yeah it's for the parents I agree I'd agree with that yeah and that thing of like and they're always honest they never lie to their kids which is I think great. Yeah, like he. There's a point where the kids are with Ed Harris, and they're like, "Did you fall out of love with mommy?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, like I did." And yeah. that gets me because that the reason that my parents split up was literally that it was. And and any time I have the conversation with my mom, yeah, even though she's she's moved on, she's with someone else. It's like she moved over to another country to be with a man. Yeah, that essentially fell out of love with Be her. with Rave Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, to be with Rave Gandalf. So she moved, <laughs> she she met my dad, Hugh Grant. She moved over to the UK and then she's with my dad for like, what, 14 years? And yeah. then um, he, the, the only thing, the only problem was that he just wasn't in love with her anymore. Yeah. And that's really sad. And she wanted it to work. You know what I mean? It was very much, I think, Susan Sarandon in this movie, I think you can tell that she wanted it to work. Yeah, because she's like, 
oh, again, a perfect role. Like, she's just a woman who makes things work. Yeah. She's just really good at that. You I mean, know? the casting in this movie is incredible. So the, the lore of this movie is that Susan Sarandon and Julie Roberts were very good friends and admired each other and wanted to make a movie where the two of them would have these powerhouse performances and they could do it together and they got it made together. Yeah. And it does make me think, it's like, yeah, it's really, it's still really hard to get movies that feature, like, do- dominant emotional female roles. Yes. That aren't that like are just about these women trying to Make live alongside yeah, yeah. one another, you know? I know, and they and they complement each other in the film. Yeah, like I can't, but like, you know, how some people say that they have kind of like a tin ear for comedy, like they can't really hear, like they don't, they're not really good at watching comedy because they don't really understand what's funny sometimes. Yeah, like Mark Kermode says this a lot, and that he feels like he's a tin ear for comedy. I feel like I have a tin ear for melodrama, like scenes that other people find very melodramatic or over the top. I'm like, no, that's that's real. Yeah, <laughs> like I find this movie to be so real and not melodramatic at all, even though people do often class it that way. I don't find this movie me- melodramatic. Yeah, I think it. I, I understand that people are like it's really cookie cutter. Yeah, like I get that, but I don't think it's melodramatic. No, I feel like it's very... I think it's really realistic. Yeah. The performances are really realistic. It's obviously not realistic in that, like, I feel like everyone, you know, always has the right thing to say in, in those scenes with the kids, but only because they're thinking yeah, very carefully. Messy. It's not like a messy real life, but it's yeah, like... But the relationships are fairly realistic. They feel so real. And they're obviously the richest people in the world. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but it's like, I think it's like so... It just makes for a good setup, though, doesn't it? It does. That house that Susan Sarandon lives in. Yeah. Oh, God. <gasps> Are those her horses? <laughs> yeah, that's... When they go they, horse riding in the middle of the night, I'm like, so they're your horses? Well, they live in a an old farmhouse. Yeah. So maybe... I mean, maybe they are. But then he's got like a high-flying job. Like, why would they live in an old farmhouse if she was in publishing yeah. and he was a lawyer? I don't know. It doesn't make, that doesn't make that much sense to me, but... Yeah, I, I get the or feeling... Or maybe there's horses down the road. Yeah. My... No, I don't... Maybe they're down the road. <laughs> She knows the person down the road. Yeah, with the and horses. she can just come and go with the horses. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. In my sort of private lore of the movie, she comes from like a family, I think. She comes from money. Yeah, and that were like you know, sort of aristocratic but countrysidey type family. You know, like I the, could, yeah, I could like, get on board with that. Like Jacqueline Kennedy's sister, you know, mm. like. <laughs> She's from like a big dog family. Yeah, that, that's in my private head. She's she's Jackie Kennedy's sister. Let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, she's Lee Kennedy. Yeah, and the, or her cousin or something. Or her, yeah, she's More cousin. She's a cousin. Yeah, she's like a distant. Like it's like oh you know oh wow I only ever met Jackie once but yeah. you know we're cousins like they, that. They still got the money in the family. One hundred percent. That's how I see it, and I feel like that's like a house that's in her family. Yes, and that's why she still lives in it. Maybe it was her parents' house. Because in a real divorce, that house would get sold and they'd both live in flats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she downsized at least. Yeah. So in my head, it's a family home. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, it's She's inherited it. Yeah. Now part of the lore. Yeah. And the horses. Family the horses. <laughs> yeah. They're always there. <laughs> Who's taking care of the horses? Her. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, there's horses. We're still on Julia Roberts' morning routine. Uh, and yes. she, it's, yeah, it's all like she's trying to get the kids ready. The 11 year old's a bitch. Then the the young guy, the young kid. Perfect. Kid. The most amazing child actor performance. Uh, the the only sort of really funny, because it's, it's billed as like a comedy drama. Yeah. The, the only really funny bits is, is that 
as a kid. A lot of kids. Yeah. He's great. He's really buttressing the, <laughs> the comedy in the movie. He's so and but he's also so like how little boys are. Yeah. Like in that he's a, just daft. There's he's no, daft. He's, he's, he's daft. daft. He's just silly. daft and silly. Yeah. He wants to be a magician. I was watching it because I, I watched it last week with my boyfriend. And, yeah. And my boyfriend wanted to be a magician when he was young, and I was like, oh, "That's you." Oh. Yeah, I felt it like. Um, I was texting my sister last night and I was like, oh, I'm watching Stepmom. You should watch it again. And she was like, I am never in my life going to watch that movie because my sister is both a cancer survivor and oh, she has God. two children who are 11 and 7. Oh my God. She's like, why, why in the fuck would I ever watch that movie? Never I'm watch like, it. Never mind. <laughs> I know. I got so my boyfriend adored. He'd, he'd seen me watch it before because there's this funny story where a few when we used to live with flatmates. Yeah. This girl moved in with us, who I'm very good friends with now, but I didn't know her that well when she moved mm-hmm. in with us. And I very brazenly decided to watch Stepmom one day in the main living room that everybody used and everybody mm-hmm. was in and out. And it was a kitchen living room. So people would come in to make their food and I'm sat on the couch yeah. watching Stepmom. And <laughs> I am crying, but like loud, like sobbing at the TV, not even hiding it. And like, yeah. I don't know this girl that well. And she's just moved in. And she's like... <laughs> Who the fuck is this girl just sat sobbing on the couch? Oh my god! And she felt really awkward, and I, but I'm, I was just brazenly watching Stepmom. So Matt had seen me do that, but he'd never seen it himself. So I made him watch it with me last week, and he was genuinely a bit cross with me that he didn't, he didn't know he was going to cry as much as he did. Really? And he, he, he soaked an entire pillow. And he was audibly loud sobbing. And he was like, I feel like I've been to a fucking funeral. You he, have. He cried that you much. You have. And I, I was like, because I just didn't think it would affect him how it had affected me yeah. my whole life. For some reason, I just thought, yeah. oh. That men would be immune to this somehow. Yeah, and he wasn't at all. And he, he oh. was like, he was like, I, I enjoyed it. I'm never watching it ever again, ever. He was like, I will never watch this again. God. Gender is a construct, but also it's real. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, with, with a woman, if something makes you cry, you're like, and then I'll put it away for the days that I need it. Yeah. Like, and I'll watch this in a year when I need to. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, no. He, no. he cried so much. So I um, watched it all last night while my boyfriend was still out. My boy- No, not my boyfriend. We're married. Hubby. My hubby. Well, Gavin was out. And then he came in when it was ending and I was crying. And um, he was like, he was like, oh yeah, so what's it about? <laughs> you know? And I was like, I don't need to tell you what it's about. I just need to show you one scene. And the scene I showed him was because he is a um, creative director and a photographer. Um, I showed him the scene where Julia Roberts goes to work. Oh my God. And he was fuming. He was like pacing. He was so angry. <laughs> that Essentially, she goes, this is where we get the idea of like, this is who her she is in her world. And she, we go straight from the scene where like Susan Sarandon picks up her kids and is like, Isabel, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And then she goes straight into work. She runs into work. She's late. The camera's already set up. I love this scene, I she, have to say. This is genuinely what I thought photography was. <laughs> this age we just did like um how to lose a guy in 10 days and like the way it like depicts like advertising and uh magazine work is so like a child's view and it's like these things just stay in your head forever like yeah that's what that job is um so she's shooting a valentino print ad there's all these women in these red dresses there's the craft services guy who for some reason they're all doting on naturally (laughs) and he He's got like plates of cheese and grapes, <laughs> but he's holding them 
I'm you. I mean, I'm doing the thing, but you can't see. But yeah, he's yeah. got like plates that he's holding up around his shoulders with his hand like under the trays. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's holding them in a way that's very uh, showy, showy. Yeah, it, it, but it's so weird because it's supposed to be like, oh, this is like a natural scene she just stumbled on, but it looks so posed and weird. She walks in late. Yeah, yeah. she walks in late, and the, the girls, the models who are all wearing red Valentino dresses, are eating cheese and grapes off of this little. Man, oh, half of the little man, <laughs> the little man, and they're all like having lols and yeah. eating, and, and she's, she and, sees something, and the the, the she yeah, sees the something uh, no one else. Sees. The client guy is like, "What are you doing? What are you? Do? I see something you don't see." And then this is why you pay me. This is why you pay me. So she takes me. three. She gets me the digital camera, and she gets the camera. Takes four shots, and she said, "We're done." I know. <laughs> So confidently we're done. And everyone's going, What she hasn't even got the models in yet. With, I know. With the Valentino suits. And they're all waiting. And she's but she late. has a backpack full of floppy disks. Yes. And on those floppy disks are um some AI of the Valentino suits. I was obsessed with this. I was obsessed with it. I thought the technology yeah at the time even now when we have incredibly advanced AI and you could literally write into like mid journey or whatever like little old Italian man in in suit holding grapes Valentino models around him and you would get something it wouldn't it still wouldn't be that quick yeah because what happens is she so she's loads the pictures up onto the computer and then um, finds a website or yeah. something that has suits that, on it. That's on the floppy disk, yeah. Oh, on the floppy disk. And then she <laughs> clicks a button and then all of a sudden the little man is dressed in a suit suit that fits him perfectly. <laughs> like, how has it got his shape right? It, 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 this is a bit like um, uh, Cher's wardrobe in Clueless. Oh, yeah. Where it's like the technology was, oh, was so far ahead of the film. I was obsessed with that as yeah. well. It was like, what, I can, I can do this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then the picture's incredible, and then she's like, well, I don't know if it's incredible, but I thought it was at that well, age. The, well, Valentino wow. were very happy. Yeah, it's like, not oh. the suit, it's the man, or whatever, it's the man makes the suit, and yeah, look and what this Valentino suit can do. And she's done wonders for the advertising campaign. Yeah, which, like, <laughs> I worked in advertising. <laughs> and the photographer doesn't get to come up with the strap line or the mm. concept for the entire thing. But anyway, we'll move on. She's a great photographer. Um, but... <laughs> Actually, as this movie evolves from here, it's this kind of um, this uh, evolving thing of like, you know, Julia Roberts is not prepared for the role of motherhood, nor does she want to be prepared, yet she is constantly saddled with these kids. Susan Sarandon is obviously very rightfully very embittered that her yeah. ex-husband is going out with somebody who's so much younger than him which like, even that by itself, you'd be like, fuck this. Yeah, I, I don't, I think any woman... Yeah, um, whose ex-husband was going out with someone ten to fifteen years younger than them. Yeah, and suddenly this woman was being trusted with your kids, and also Julia Roberts, and also Julia. Imagine fucking in ten Robert. years, Gav leaves you for Julia Roberts. Don't you would be really upset. Don't come on my podcast and tell me these things. <laughs> Never happen. No, when it I don't happen. No, when I'm not in a room, Gavin lies down and goes to sleep, <laughs> and that's <laughs> he doesn't have a life. He doesn't. Have, no, no. <laughs> He's at home waiting for you. That's um, what's happening. But like, <laughs> it has to be that way in my brain. <laughs> your partner leaves you for Julia Roberts. You're gonna be pissed, even though she's yeah. Susan Sarandon and she's arguably yeah. just as good. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, you would be upset. <laughs> you would be upset, and like, and, and she, also she's um not 
Julia Roberts is not rising to the occasion in early parts of the film because that's how films need to work. And I always wonder how... So I'm always confused as to how long Julia Roberts has been with Luke. So... The, it's Isabel explained, has been with Luke. Yeah, Isabel has been... I can't believe you remember his name. Oh, my God. He's always just been Ed Harris to me. Um, so, yeah, qu- quickly after the scene, we get, we get a lot of exposition because um, Susan Sarandon and Ed Harris... Are, sorry, Luke and... Um, Jackie... Luke and Jackie are called in to Anna's school because Anna's been lying and she's been saying like that they're getting remarried and they're moving to Switzerland together which yeah. is very like looking back now it's like oh god that's that was awful. her dream that was her that was, dream that was the dream and um, so they talk about the nature of the divorce and it's a very graceful exposition scene of like they they split up there's kind of there seems to be some kind of disruption over whether she threw him out versus uh, whether he left, which Did I he think leave is her for no. no. So he says quite clearly, and I think it's very much so. We don't hate Julia Roberts yeah, in the movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. She's not the bad. He had seen some women just after they split up, and then he met Isabel, and now him and Isabel have been together for a year, and they're living together. She's been okay. So okay. She's, she's been in it for a year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which still for me seems like to be taking care of his kids to that extent is yeah. a lot. Yeah, I mean. A year is when you're still in the honeymoon yeah. period. Right. Like I have a friend who's going out with her boyfriend for eight months and she's only just met his kid. Like yeah. and that to me seems reasonable, I yeah. think. Yeah. Because you have to be careful with who you put in those children's lives. Because if they get yeah, attached and then they go, it's yeah. like that is hard for a kid. You have to you have to play it really well. Totally. And I think my dad, I think it was a similar thing with my dad where he he probably dated women, but we ne- we didn't realise until he met someone that he of course. was like, interested in and then we got to know her and yeah. met her kids. And, you know, like... Yeah. I just rewatched that episode of Second City because because I had that thing and I'm on a deadline and all I can do on a deadline is watch things I've already watched a million times. So it's 100%. just like... That's all I do anyway. I thought, yeah. And so I watched that episode where Miranda goes out with the guy who has a kid and the kid is on all their days. I know, it's dumb. It's yeah, you so can't. Dumb. You have to keep that separate. Yeah, and then she's just having her. And she slams the door on him. She's having her sex wee, and <laughs> she slams the door. Why on Why is him. the kid there? Why is After the kid there? And then, like further, where's his mom? Where's his mom? Dead? Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. maybe but like, get a babysitter. Are, yeah, get a babysitter. For um, sake. But then to follow that, like the kind of the big sort of faux pas that uh, Isabel makes early on is that. He Anna catches the two of them in the shower together, mm-hmm. which I'm just like, why are you in the shower with your boyfriend when his kids are in the house? That did scandalize me a bit. Now, I don't think for some reason that never bothered me that much. I but was now, I was furious last night. <laughs> so now, when I watched it the other day, I was like, oh okay, like they could have waited. Yeah, like but were it, they were they have is the were they having sex in the shower? Let's face it, no one actually has sex in the shower. No, it's too hard. It's too hard. But they were definitely doing sexy stuff. Oh, God. She walked in on her dad getting a hand job. Yeah. (laughs) No, in my head. That gives a horrible undertone to the film that I don't want to think about. No, I don't want to think about it. In my head, it's like sexy, playful, ooh, I'm washing you kind of thing. And like, look at me, I'm naked. And aren't we like starting off our day in a sexy way? I don't think they're actually touching each other's genitals. No, but also there is a scene where she says to her mum how loud Isabel is. I know. So actually, maybe. Scandalised by that as well. Maybe they are doing sexy things (laughs) with, with the kids. Kids in that, yeah, I mean, that's just wait. Just you can just wait. 
I don't know about you, but if I've ever been in a situation where I am somewhere where there are other people and the mood takes me, if I'm having any kind of sex, I am a mouse. Oh, I... So quiet. Yeah. It's actually almost more fun to try and be as quiet as you can. Exactly. I enjoy that. I enjoy it. It's, it's a it's challenge. A, it's a secret. It's, it's always fun. It's a secret. It's always fun. It really is. Yeah. Which, like if I'm at my boyfriend's... Invite over if I'm at my boyfriend's <laughs> parents' house or whatever, it's at his mum's house in Sheffield. It's always more fun. Sorry to Tina if she's... Sorry, listening. Tina. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, like, I get it. Yeah. Keep it down. Keep for it God's sake. down. And then obviously simultaneously to all this, we have this growing plot. And poor old Susan Sarandon, she's got that lovely house where she's constantly sewing or horse riding. Um, but she's like Mother Earth. She is so good. She's like the perfect mother. Yeah. Figure. And she's not what I really appreciated this time around is that she's not just a um like she's a perfect homemaker or whatever. Because I think a worse script would have made her like you know, a real uptight bitch or whatever, but she's actually not. No, she's, like, she's not. She's, she loves hanging out with her kids. She loves talking to her kids. And she has a few comebacks to, to Isabel, Julia Roberts, yeah. where she's, you know, she she seems a bit bitter and she's a bit of an asshole. Yeah. But you it's don't so think, understandable. But yeah, but you don't ever think of her as an asshole. You just yeah. sort of watching it and go, oof, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oof, that was a low blow. Totally. But you're never like, she's a bitch you never think that because yeah. you can tell that she loves the kids she's a nice person she's dead she's a dedicated yeah. mother and there's this great bit where um like at the beginning of the movie her and her kids have a lot of fun being like mm, isabel's big teeth <laughs> yes and i i laughed because i've got huge teeth and i was like oh, you don't what no, I do. About? I, i've got i mean i've got invisalign at the moment i've not got it in but i'm trying oh to God. straighten my front teeth because they they are like they are quite big they look perfectly fine for me from where I'm standing. Oh, really? So yeah. I, I've always thought of myself as a big, big tooth woman. <laughs> oh. So when, 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 in, when I was watching it and they said that as like an insult, as a joke, yeah. you know, my boyfriend like laughed because, also because recently, and this is horrible and I shouldn't read too much yeah. into it, but you know, the more followers that I've got online, yeah. you do get an occasional horrible comment and you should never read them. I, yeah. I try not to read oh, yeah. the comments under videos. Mm. But the two negative comments I've had, I've had two and they've both been about my teeth. <gasps> One of them oh, said, I'm so sorry. sort your teeth out. And one of them said, you can tell she's British by her teeth. And I really wanted to reply to them on saying, sort your teeth out. Like, I am, actually. I have Invisalign. <laughs> but I know that's, like, besides oh. the point. But it's like, I... So when she said big teeth, I was... Me and my boyfriend laughed because we... It, that was just in... We'd been talking about that recently. About the fact that I have oh, big teeth. wow. So I was like, oh, I didn't realise it was, like, an insult thing. So I wonder if, like, it made it into the script in a way that, like... Maybe Julie Roberts has a hang up about her teeth, kind of thing. Yeah, maybe because it's that thing of like, like so I can understand it. Yeah, I wonder if there was something else in that line originally that like maybe because I know that the um, Julie Roberts and Susan had a lot of like input into the script. Yeah, they did. They added bits. I yeah. bet that came from her. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a huge smile. She and... does. Yeah, exactly. And like every, her smile is famous, but like of course she would internalize that as like big teeth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. But I'd never look at Julia Roberts and think big teeth. Yeah. But, but yeah, maybe that did come from her. But it's that, that very powerful thing of like own women know what other women are going to be insecure yes, about. They do. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, she has a lot of fun with her kids slagging off. Yes. Isabel. Oh, they slag her off, yeah, but you don't hate her. You no. never hate her. And you also it's like, yeah, like it sucks for you. Like <laughs> they're having this great time in their big fancy Soho loft and you're just sewing quilts. Like 
<laughs> you've got no boyfriend. She's always throwing that bloody coil. And crucially, you have cancer. Yeah. So it's like this thing of like, this thing that only that character knows. It's why it's like always good when you're writing story to have at least one character who has secrets from the other characters. But it's like... There's something that and it's like why the, it's why the traitor is such an amazing TV show <laughs> because it's like we the audience know all the secrets but we're watching people not know the secrets. I, I haven't seen it. Never mind. <laughs> I know. No, I know what yeah. the premise is, and I, I actually yeah. am mad at myself this time around for not watching it. I'm, I'm I hate myself for Start it. Start with Australia I'm, now. I'm going it's to very watch good. it. Um, but anyway, the, but like that thing of like. Um, we are just watching her being very cruel to Julia Roberts, who's trying really hard. Mm. And then we know that, like, it is not now just that, like, oh, this kind of young, younger, inappropriate woman is spending too much time with my kids. It's she is going to be the person who I am forced to pass the mantle to and who will, like, as the movie goes on, who will be parenting my children after my death. Yeah. So it's, <gasps> it's the toughest thing for Susan Sarandon because she's... She, not only does she have cancer, but yeah. she's this woman who she doesn't like at first. Yeah. Is is going to be her children's stepmom yeah. in the future. And she's... The titular stepmom. And, and, you know, and she still doesn't understand why her husband couldn't make it work with her. And there's all of this yeah. stuff going on. And, like, arguably, the worst thing in the film is for her. Yeah. Well, arguably, there's no argument. No. <laughs> it's the worst I know. for her. I was thinking more like, you could say the kid's... Because they're losing yeah, their mom, they're losing their mom. Yeah, but the the, the yeah the Susan Sarandon storyline is just it's too much. It's so, but it's so complicated as well because it's like full, and it's like this thing that like and everyone everyone's had somebody in their life who is in a position of power who they don't fucking understand. Like where it's like she blows hot and cold with her all the time. Like sometimes she's quite nice with her, and then suddenly she'll just turn on her. And like I remember a scene that really annoyed me when I was um a kid was the Pearl Jam thing. Oh my God. That that still annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> I can I get it, but that come on. Yeah. That was out of order. She's trying to because also I guess at the time So re, so re, what's the Pearl Jam thing again, just for people who haven't seen it recently. So um, Julia Roberts is trying to bond with her stepdaughter. Well, they're not married yeah. yet, but she's trying to bond with Luke's kids. Yeah. And uh, she cannot seem to bond with the 12-year-old girl, yeah. understandably. Yeah. Um, the 12-year-old girl still wants her parents to be married. Um, and a way to bond with the kid is she buys her two Pearl Jam tickets. Or she asks, she asks Susan Sarandon if she yeah. minds if she takes her daughter to a Pearl Jam concert midweek mm-hmm. and Susan Sarandon says, no, mm-hmm. it's midweek. What are you thinking? She's in school. Yeah. And she completely also, was Pearl Jam it. that big among preteens? It's very, very strange. Well, I, 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 like, I couldn't even tell you a Pearl Jam song. I no, I mean, my, yeah, my brother-in-law is obsessed with them, but like he was crucially in his late teens. Do you know what I mean? It's a late teen, you know, band for a man to be into. It's weird that you would Unless Julia Roberts is really into Pearl Jam and she thinks that Anna will like them. Maybe. We'll find out, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I'll listen to one Pearl Jam song ever and find out. But, but yeah, yeah. She, she, she vetoes it. But she, she shut down no. immediately, yeah. And, um, and then, of course, later yeah. on in the film... Do we know Susan Sarandon's sick but at this point? Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose you kind of, you're not hating her too yeah. much. Yeah. So she, is, she decides to take Anna to the Pearl Jam concert and then she just sort of looks at like, and this is how I know she's related to Jacqueline Bouvier. <laughs> she of the Bouviers. Yeah. But she's like, oh, you know, great idea. It's like that real waspy 
cool thing of like, oh yeah, thanks for the idea about Pearl Jam. Like you can't even argue with her. Yeah. She's just completely brushed it under the carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she does that several times to Julie Roberts and it's like, you would scream. And Julia Roberts at this point doesn't know she's sick. No. So she's so mad and she doesn't really understand why she's not letting her bond with her child. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a one point then where the kids are starting to warm to Isabel a bit. Yes. And there's some cute scenes where like they're driving in the car and they're listening to soul music. and putting, Yeah. Yeah. And um, then <laughs> when she drops them off, she's like, is that lipstick? And then Judy Roberts is like, oh, you know, just like. Just messing around in the messing car. Messing around from the car. He's like, oh, you don't really see that. <laughs> you don't really see that colour in the middle of the afternoon and not on a working not girl. <laughs> She she gets some really good lines, some so, like bitchy bitchy yeah. lines. Yeah, and but also really bitchy. But like, if you were a worse actress, you could really play it off as like super camp. But she just says it in this very Republicany yeah. waspy sort of well, you know, kind of like you can't really She's catch wasp, me on yeah. it because it's so dead downbeat and sort of almost under her breath. Yeah, and Julia Roberts just sort of has to let it wash over her. Yeah, Ugh. awful. But then. Um, sort of another thing. The do you find the score in this movie quite strange? Like it's a John Williams score, and he's obviously like a famous composer. Can when see, you say strange, what do you mean? Like there's like this kind of this string music that's like da da yeah da 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 like it's gonna like it's about to be a thriller. Like Julia Roberts with the murder yeah, season no, surrounded. I think I just think it's 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 really sad. That, that I think that music's really that doesn't make me feel horror. I think it's like it oh, just, I, it made me think horror movie. Oh, but really? okay, it just I think it intensifies the scenes yeah. more for sure. Like you, you can feel something's coming, but for me, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel horror movie. Okay, just me then. <laughs> Imagine. I mean, it is kind of a horror movie. It Jesus. is. Yeah. Ugh. But uh, yeah, so uh, Susan Sarandon is going to all these like chemo appointments and doctor's appointments alone but she's hidden yeah she, she hasn't so, so the the premise is that she's had cancer a yeah. couple of years back yeah that she never told anyone about yeah because she thought that they caught it yeah and she's obviously gone back for a checkup and they've found it has spread and the doctor is now telling her okay now you probably should tell your family yeah oh and just the fact that she has to go into the appointments alone she's like she's not like I wish she was like, don't you have a sister or a friend? Like, I know. You but she's know. just this like Statue of Liberty person. Like, yeah, she's, she's just, like, I can beat it. I'm fine. Yeah. She's, and she knows she's 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 got all of her shit together in life. Yeah, she's so together. She's the most together mum you've ever seen on screen. She's yeah. like, she, yeah, she knows what she's doing. Apart from the divorce that she's been through, she knows what she's doing. And then this idea that she's, you know, going to have to start scrambling around. Yeah, is really stressful. And she like also, and she also can't like figure out how. Like, oh, she's like, oh, you know, we we start chemo on Wednesday or whatever, and it's like, oh, but that's spaghetti and meatballs yeah, night. And then that. the doctor like plays an amazing role. It's like she's it's like she's just walked in off Grey's Anatomy. That doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's just like looks she's at perfect. her. She looks at her in this kind of like calm the fuck on like kind of way. And Wake it's just, up, and yeah. she's like, okay, yeah, Tuesday's fine. Like you know, yeah, yeah. <gasps> she doesn't even have to. That doctor doesn't even have to do or say much. But yeah, she's just she nails the like gravitas the scene. Yeah. yeah, she's that perfect sort of mix between sort of like empathetic and sympathetic, but like stern and she's stern and yeah, yeah, it's really upsetting. That scene is really upsetting when she says it's spaghetti meatball night. Yeah. 
because that's what she looks forward to because her kids are obviously at her, their dad's part of the week and then they yeah. come home and they do that night. Yeah. And she's been looking forward to it. Now she has to miss it. And then that particular night that she has to miss it is... I. That's the first big cry scene, I find. Yeah, because she's on the phone to Ben. <laughs> oh no, we have to take a break to cry. Yeah, that scene is the first one where I start going... <gasps> yeah. Because where- Ben's like, he doesn't know anything yet. And you know that and you know where she is. And yeah. she's like pining for her kids that night. Yeah, you she's can, actually like- having this really shit thing happen to her. And they just want to see their mum. They're like, why are we not having spaghetti meatball night? Yeah. And, and the the bit that really is upsetting is the the you know where we will meet though tonight in our dreams. In our dreams. And that is just it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> no. Cuz it's like it's not even sure that she's dying yet. Like at this point they're still, you know. No, whatever. we don't it's and, spread and to her lymph nodes, know, but we don't um, even know as the as the viewer like I mean, the music is telling us. <laughs> the music's telling us, but like... Yeah. Oh, and then the idea that it's like... She's like preparing him for a life of having a relationship with his mother that he can't in, see. In their dreams. I know. It's too much. Because you can... Yeah, you can feel that... Um, the idea of like, I don't know if you've ever lost anyone, but like, it yeah. is really the only place. But you're you're not you're not aware that you're going to dream of them, but the only place you really still see them, like, you know, I dream, my cousin died and when I, sometimes he appears in my dreams and I'm, it's like, and he's there. Yeah. And it's so nice, but then you wake up and you're like, oh my God, he's not there. So the knowing, the knowing that, yeah, that that scene is really hard. It's, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's weird because we talk about like seeing dead people in their dreams. Like, like it's a, it's you know it's a common thing, but it is that thing because it is the only place where your brain can trick itself into thinking that person isn't dead. Because the rest of the time, when you're thinking of the person that you know that's dead, it it's like oh, I'm thinking of this memory, or I'm thinking about what it would be like if he had lived to X age or whatever. But you're thinking in the kind of cold, sad logic of day, and then you have a dream about someone, and and it's so hard when you wake up not to assign so much meaning to that dream and, and I'm always like whenever like someone dead tells me something in a dream I'm like I'm always I comb through it for like years yeah, yeah, yeah. afterwards you know and sometimes they're in your dream but they're not even them it's like yeah they're somewhat they're there you know they're there because yeah. you can it's the presence you can feel of that person yeah and then you wake up and yeah and then the idea that this little kid for the rest of his life is just going to be seeing yeah. his like, mum in his dreams is um so gut wrenching. That's the biggest that 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 scene is yeah. just so. Maybe it's maybe when I'm watching the film because I've seen it before. Yeah. Maybe that's why that, oh, that totally. scene gets to me yeah. so badly. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah, and it's she's definitely breaking up as well. Re-watch. She's starting to cry and yeah. she's trying to hide it from him on the phone. Oh. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh my God. It's too much. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, it's so good, but it's so sad. Yeah, but then we're like straight into like, and also, it really strikes me on this time around how short the time framing is for this movie. Where, like, it's like Thanksgiving, then it's, ha- it's Halloween, then it's Thanksgiving, then it's Christmas kind of thing. It's like, she's like, she, she dies of cancer quickly. <laughs> like, she's like... Yeah, I never understand that because I'm like... It's like two months, basically. Two, three months. Yeah, I always think... I mean, obviously, we'll get to the end bit yeah. later, but um, I never know if she is actually just going to, like, die after Christmas. Or if she actually could just have years, but they're just... Yeah. They don't know if it's her last Christmas. I think that is it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's even sadder now. Yeah, I get the impression that, like, she's got six months left from, from that Christmas scene. That was my vibe. Yeah. She looks shanked, like... <laughs> but... And also, what I just want to touch on is, like, how old is she supposed to be, Susan Sarandon? 50? So she must have had her kids a little bit older. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Is she fit? Maybe she's, I don't know. Late 40s, early 50s. Late 40s, yeah, yeah. But like, and she'd, she'd obviously, and they say that they got married right out of college. Yeah. Which means that they were together for almost 20 years without kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's, okay. So let's say she's 48. Yeah. There, thereabouts. She, she, ha- had- she has a 12-year-old. So they're making her 30... Um, six or something yeah. and then she has Ben at like 41 or something that's like it's very our generation actually isn't it yeah <laughs> that's that's what the bit I'm always like oh they stayed together yeah. for a long time she's very she's very kids. much on the millennial time frame with <laughs> our Susan because she was a book editor at Random House Random again House. very millennial <laughs> like very like yeah she was like making her living in publishing and then just like walked away from it at 36 and and did having kids was that what split them up because she became this such a mother earth. Yeah. That he You're right, they her, got married right out of Yeah, so they were together for like a good good chunk before they ever had kids. They both were career people. Yeah. Um as soon as maybe they were trying for a long time, it never yeah. happened, which also helped to push them apart because that's tough. Yeah. On your mental health. Yeah. Maybe that once they had kids, she was such a dedicated mother because it had taken her so long to have them. Yeah. That she never really had time for him anymore. That's what I think. Well, th- this is the one blow up they have that like shows that they were sort of like, this is what it was like towards the end of their marriage, where he kind of screams at her, I was working. She's like, you were never there. I was, you know, that kind of thing of like, clearly he was making, like, as we've established, she already has money from being related to Jacqueline Kennedy. She's and- Kennedy's cousin. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Duh. Um, but he was clearly... He, the, the man, like, works a lot. Like, he's always away for work already. Like, I honestly don't think that marriage is going to work out with Julie Robertson and Harris because I think he is workaholic. Well, she's always at home taking care of his kids. His kids, who aren't even nice to her. 
I know. Um, and so I think, yeah, he wasn't there a lot. They grew apart. She was increasingly obsessed with the kids. They they had no... I think it happens a lot to other people. Like, you know, they're, they had no personal life together, I would think. No. You know? It was all about the kids and him just Which being is fine, here. I think. I think for lots of couples... need to make a bit of room for each other. Yeah. I mean, that's what... Like, I remember after... uh, Just before and after I got married, every time I came across, like, a couple who were... A married couple who were older than me, they just, like, take me by the shoulders and be like, make time for each other. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what my mum said, was, like, um, once they had me... Yeah. Essentially, like, all of my dad's, like, affection... Really went to me and my si- later on my sister. Wow! And it was like he's this dedicated father, and and they just don't. And also, I think they probably had like my mum probably got a bit different once she was a mother, and she wasn't. Yeah, of course, as, but that's like so normal. Yeah, like no I one should be blamed made for any, any time of that. for each other. Like, yeah. Really. Yeah. Wow. God, you just enunciated my worst fear. I've realised because sometimes like. Gavin's nicer to the dog than he is to me, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what if you love our kids more than me? My boyfriend is nicer to the neighbor's cat than he is to me. <laughs> no, I don't mean. No, he's no nice obviously to it. we don't mean that, but we no, both know what we mean. But like. sometimes, so I said to my boyfriend recently, I, I like he was just waking up, and I was kind of a bit too all over his face. Yeah, like you know, oh just, my god, love and, that. And, and he was like, me. and he was getting a bit like, get off. And I yeah, was yeah. like, if this was the cat, you would be so loving happy. This. And he's like, what? You're jealous of the neighbor's cat that comes into our yeah. house and gets in bed with us. And I was like, no, I'm not jealous of the cat. But I'm like, what's the difference between the cat snuggling you in the morning and me? (laughs) God, this is literally a scene from a marriage line. 100%? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you're... (laughs) No, he's not. But like, he's... It is funny. We laugh about it. I think it's so fair. We laugh about it. It is funny, but also we do have a point. I think. (laughs) What's the... Why can't you stroke my head in the morning? But you're stroking the dog or the cat, but you went... Yeah. Yeah. It's... There's something in that. There's something in that. I feel like my next pet Though I'll never have an ex-pet because Sylv is my soulmate. Uh, oh, you, you couldn't replace her. I couldn't. I don't think I could replace her. But um, the, uh, there's something about like having a girl pet as well. But it's like he's like he's the most beautiful girl in the world, and I'm like I'm the, most beautiful, I'm the most beautiful girl in the world. <laughs> but you think if you had a boy dog, do you think he would be more like ma- macho with the boy dog? Maybe like, he would. Fist bumping him Maybe. And, like, <laughs> Maybe if there was like a dog penis be, like, in the smooch. house. <laughs> You would be less extra with it. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, that's maybe that's what, what why they grew apart because they got a female dog, and uh, Ed Harris gave more attention to the dog. Speaking of the dog, that fucking puppy it just appears and disappears. Yeah, what, what happens what? to that dog? I don't know, but that is a cute puppy. That is a cute puppy, but like it's very it's very nineties to have a puppy like that. Like oh, you yeah. don't get puppies like that anymore. They're all cockapoos or they're all pugs or it was, French it was bulldogs. Golden retrievers in the nineties, exactly. And it's all about Andrex puppies. Oh, my life obsession is to get a golden retriever puppy. Oh, I, I, like I think it's because of not the 90s. in London you can't. No, you can't. But no. watching those films in the nineties, totally. And the Andrex ads, golden retrievers. Yeah. Or was I a Labrador? I don't know. But, uh, Homeward Bound. Oh fuck me! That's a crier. Jesus. Shadow. Shadow in the pit. Yeah. All right, where were we? All right, so then we go to Thanksgiving pageant. And it's nice because it's like one of these moments of warmth between the two of them. So Julia Roberts and Susan Sarandon have started to bond, um, bond ever so slightly. Yeah. Because um, Anna has started going out with a boy in school. 
who uh, then dumps her because she was frigid. Yes. And didn't kiss him. Classic. And classic. But it's like, there's this great... Uh, Julie Roberts is so all of us in that moment. She's so somebody who listens to podcasts where she's like, she's like, they're getting the kids ready backstage. And she's like, oh my God, you know, they're in this relationship, but it's not a relationship. They're just sort of like mimicking this adult drama and dumping each other, which is of course why they got together in the first place. So they could dump each other. So they could have the big drama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which which made me think about school and go, yeah, that's obviously what we were doing. We We were copying what we saw. Totally, but it's like it's there was so, no romance, or even you. No, so you'd go out with boys you didn't even like. You just you wanted to break to up with people so you could like just create drama because school's very boring. <laughs> I went out with a guy for one day. Yeah, of course you did. We didn't speak. Mm. Uh, we we did kiss at lunchtime, and everybody stood in a circle around us while we kissed. <laughs> And then um, we didn't speak. And then at the end of the day, we just had like a really amicable breakup. <laughs> well, I shook hands like, and remained friends. Yeah, we were just like, oh, it's not really working out. And it's like, what? I know. I remember, <laughs> I remember having one of those. Well, I went to an all-girls school, so we didn't have like these playground <sighs> things. But but we I, there were boys on my road who I knew or whatever who we were having marriages with. And uh, I remember saying to somebody, like my, my girlfriend at like, say, age eight, Say, I don't I just don't see it for us long term. <laughs> you didn't see yourself um getting married and having kids and getting divorced and eight. Oh my god, eight. <laughs> so but you're just like thinking. You're so I, aware though, but if you're Because you're watching friends all the time yeah, and like all it's that. TV. Yeah, yeah. And it's all just about yeah, relationships all the time. It's and it's, all your fame. And also, you're watching, at that age, we were watching very 90s films yeah. about older girls getting into trouble and their yeah. dramas. So I remember, instead of playing mums and dads, we would play, like, big sisters. Really? And yeah, so we would play, like, a game where we were all cool older girls. Aww. But each one of us, this is mad, but each one of us would have, like, something wrong with us. Like, yeah. one of us would be a drug addict. And we were, like, 10, do you mean like yeah, yeah. be like one of us would have like an eating disorder or one of us would be a because we were watching EastEnders and Girl Interrupted and just films like that yeah. where somebody had like of problems course. but we still saw them as the cool older girls so we yeah. just wanted to be like that. Well, this is the thing. This is the interesting thing about like covering so many like uh, late nineties to early noughties rom coms on this show with people who are like my own age or whatever because all of us were so young watching these movies that like. It penetrated us it, early. Yeah, because I think particularly girls, they're always like fantasizing about what their like Carrie Bradshaw life is going to be. Like we're always fantasizing about being older until yeah. you're our age now, where we're fantasizing about being a couple of years younger. Yeah. No, not really. No, all no. right, just me. I don't ever think about that. I don't. <laughs> but yeah, no, you you're always looking to the future. Yeah, and, but also like, what was Barbie but the original Carrie Bradshaw? Oh, Do you know what I mean? God. Just like this you're cool, so good, Caroline. <laughs> This that cool is a- girl who lives alone in a flat with her outfits. <laughs> like that's why you're doing this. That's why you do well. That is, I know. Oh I God, I've never, never actually had that thought before, but there it is. Barbie was the original Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Oh my God, with the outfits and everything. Yeah, and always living alone. <sighs> Typing on a computer. Yeah. Oh Remember, did you, did you have that um, Barbie house where like, it was like a carry case that folded out and it was like, here's her bedroom, here's the kitchen, here's the living room. It was like the Carrie Bradshaw setup. Like No, because my mum wouldn't let me, for years she wouldn't let me have a Barbie. Oh, uh, until, bummer. Until I, I'd like begged and then she got me a brunette Barbie <laughs> for Christmas. And I was like, I mean, like, I was, babe, the, the horse is bolted. Do you know what I mean? Like, just give her, give her a standard Barbie. I think she give had her a tattoo and she was like dark haired. Yeah. And um, I remember, I mean, I still loved her. 
but she just she obviously didn't want me to be like I need to be because I was brunette as well yeah. at the time I dye my hair blonde now probably because my <laughs> mum never called me a Barbie <laughs> I'm trying to be Barbie um, but yeah no um, so I never had the house no yeah well I'm gutted I missed out on all that great. I maybe, wanted the Barbie car maybe this is why we do in. maybe this is the real secret behind Sex in the City is that we all just want to keep on playing Barbies forever. Yes. And that's just watching Carrie Bradshaw live her life. Yeah, she's Barbie. Yeah, and, and the same when you when I played Barbies, it was all just like um, boyfriends and like cheating on people. And like, Yeah, my Barbie used to hook up with my teddy, which is very mm, weird because he is bestial. a bear. He's a bear, but I didn't have a Ken. So my Barbies would hook yeah. up with my teddy bears. I was quite fortunate. Sorry, this is a podcast about stepmom but I was quite fortunate in that in that because of my brother he had an action man that he never played with but I also had shaving Ken and so they would always be a love triangle like two boy dolls and we're obsessed with like the relationships women are yeah. obsessed with relationships we're obsessed <laughs> yeah it's so pathetic <laughs> I know. And then literally, like, I'm in bed and, like, Gavin's telling me about, like, these new sort of things that are happening in, like, you know, space travel. And I'm like, I'm like, you're like, he could, you couldn't give a fuck, could you? I'm like, could not give a fuck. I don't care. I just want to talk about relationships. I know. Yeah, yeah, like, if the astronauts have beef, like. Yeah. Is, <laughs> or, the, ast- is the astronaut having an affair yeah. with his secretary? Does he have an interesting <laughs> girlfriend I can invest in, maybe? Yeah. Is she on Instagram? Yeah. Can I look her up? Yeah, girls are mad. Girl, we're mad. <laughs> So different. We are like. So we have a Thanksgiving pageant with uh, the boyfriend drama, which uh, Susan Sarandon gives Anna some advice on. It's all very like rise above him and like ignore, ignore him, him. Um, which is very like I think wise. The best advice. Yeah, you just rise above it. You don't. You don't listen to boys being horrible to you at school. But it's also that thing of like, and I, I remember this from childhood of like when your mother gives you a thing to say that it's like it's like something quite I don't know awkward and too old for what you're saying do you know what I mean like it's like yeah and it's like tell him that you're too much of a woman to even regard it's like you know it's like because she's a wise old woman (laughs) she's not old not old but I mean like in the sense of like she's she's okay she's a wise I shouldn't have put that old in but she's she's a wise woman yeah and that is good advice but not for a cool 12 year old that's trying to be cool exactly and she's like also seduced by the idea of like her daughter acting like a proper young woman in the world and she wants her to have the right things to say whereas like Julie Roberts you know who is younger and also works with young people is like no she needs to like say some like cool swears so that she becomes cool in school and then everyone wants to be her friend listen up limp dick yeah listen up (laughs) And the guy she gets. I know. So Julia Roberts tells Anna yeah. to say some horrific thing to a very young boy at school, which yeah. is like, listen up, limp dick. You, um, why would I mess around with or, some boy who doesn't even know what snow blowing is? Yeah, but also, limp dick. I mean, come on, Julia. He's you can't be 12. saying that to kids. Of course he's got a limp dick. He's 12. He's 12. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Why, if he had anything other than Olympic, that's at school. That's upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but the snow, and then who doesn't even know what snow blowing is? Oh, and then she turns around and she does a hair flick and goes, yeah, yeah. My boyfriend's in high school. And whenever we talk about you, we, we laugh, laugh our, our asses, asses off. <laughs> and then Julia Roberts hires a male, a male model. model to come to the school and wait for the younger girl. Oh, yeah. And he has like long hair and a ponytail. 
he's like a so 90s everything chiseled oh 90s young boy but also like I mean she could lose her job <laughs> Like, sorry, what did you hire him to do? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. What you you reached out to the agency we work with in order to get their Ralph paid Lauren, a, a young, because he's quite young too. Yeah, he's like 16. Yeah, you paid a 16 year old boy to go and to an 11 year old school or 12 or whatever old she is. Yeah, and then she goes over and they like hug. Oh, and then he gives she her a little kiss him on the and cheek. He gives her a kiss on the cheek, which is really sweet. And then she just leaves him and goes straight to her stepmother's car, which you think the kids at school would be like, what? And at this point, Julia Roberts is standing on the sidelines watching this whole thing unfold, like cheering her on. Yeah. And Jackie, the mom, yeah. pulls up at the school. And watches and is going. What is going yeah, on here? Yeah, and because which is so fair. Yeah, and because it's gone really well for Anna, Anna's so excited that she's managed to pull this off that yeah. she runs to her stepmom, yeah. and it's the first time you actually see them bond and see yeah. them like one. It's not the first time you see them bond, but it's the first time you see them like hug and be really like close. Yeah. And all the while, Jackie, who has cancer, yeah. and is you know, still unsure of this woman is watching her daughter run into her arms and that is just... Yeah, after like... And it's like you so... The thing is, from Julia Roberts' perspective, it's like she doesn't know that Jackie has cancer. So she's like, you're being such a cunt to me right now. I just like... Do you not want us to... She's thinking, why don't you want me to bond with your daughter when you know how hard it's been? And, And also, for a while, I think the premise was you kind of thought that um, Susan Sarandon would want her kids to be happy in yeah. their other life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and But it becomes so overshadowed by this thing of like, they're going to forget me and they're going to be brought up by this woman who like, let's face it, is like, that's done a pretty fucking dubious, like it's cool as hell if you're 12, but like it's very like, she taught her a bunch of swear yeah, words. Yeah, it's not on. An incredibly perverted sex act for yeah, like, yeah. just way above the like, pay grade of a child. She's having sex in the Hired house. Hired a male model. <laughs> like, She's having loud sex in the house with yeah. her kids there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would be... Furious. You'd be freaked. You'd be, like, you'd be like, I could have six months left to live and like this is the woman who's gonna be their mother. Yeah. No, what she like she, yeah, it's no she should buy a gun. <laughs> Get her on that farm. Get her on that farm where there's no one around but the horses to hear you. Um and uh yeah, and so she freaks at her and then Judy Harper's like, I just did something cool, lay off. Like, so it's like one of those brilliant drama scenes where like, everybody's right and everybody's wrong, you know? And then eventually this all kind of comes to a head and they go for a drink. I love when characters go for a drink in this movie. It happens like three times. It's and so it's good. it's the same bar. It's the same little bar. Yeah. And it must be the bar that's near Jackie's house. Must be. Because yeah. in New York, you've got so many bars to choose from. Yeah, Why yeah. would you always go to the same one? Yeah, so it's in like Connecticut or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, it's clearly like, yeah, that's the bar they that's, go to. That's yeah. the bar in the little like town. Yeah. Yeah. Very Stars Hollow. It's very Stars Hollow. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. I love that I said that. Yeah. It's classic Caroline. <laughs> it is very sad, Holly. It's like... Oh my it, God, Emily Gilmore and Jackie are best friends. Yes. Yeah. D-A-R. Apart from Jackie's probably older. But like when Jackie's younger, she's Susan Strandon's age. Yeah. And they're best friends. They're best friends. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, they certainly know each other. Emily Gilmore would so come to her chemo appointments. Yes. Although Emily Gilmore... She doesn't tend She's to have a loyal friend. If you, I, that's the thing. See, women of that kind, they don't confide in their friends because they're so no. afraid of appearances and judgment. No, and that's why so many of them. 
I know their husband Jackie doesn't suck. have a husband. Oh, no. Jackie's on her own with no friends. So sad. So So they go for a drink. Yeah. Oh she, so she tells her about the cancer. Oh no, no first. Sorry. No. First. So, Julia Roberts. Um Jackie's Go sleuthing. Jackie's asked Julia Roberts to like look after the kids for a few yeah. days or something, or asked if she can take the kids because she's going somewhere. Yeah, she's going to away for a few days. LA. She's, yeah, and she's also told Julia Roberts she's thinking of start going back to Random House. Yes. Oh, and she asked to cover Julia Roberts, for, to cover for her various appointments. Yeah, and she asked Julia Roberts to pick the kids up from a birthday party. Yeah. And she does this is it so good, yeah. And because she's having such a bad time with chemo, that's yeah. why she's in the house. She's like throwing up yeah. all the time. She's like, I can't go and pick my kid up from this birthday party. I'll ask, yeah. um, yeah, I'll ask Julia Roberts to go. Uh. So she asks Julia Roberts, and then when Julia Roberts gets back, she loses the address. Yeah, she loses and because it. it's the nineties and no one has cell phones, she she, she calls random house and is like, oh, can you put me? Can you just like she, Isabel's uh, Jackie's having a meeting? Can you just tell her this is what's happening? And they're like, Jackie. Is not here. Jackie's she's been like, dead no, for twenty years. No, Jack, she's been dead for twenty years. <laughs> no, she's like they're like no, she hasn't. We haven't seen her since she left here. Basically, and yeah. Julia Roberts is like twelve why did years she ago. Really specifically, tell me that she was going back to Random House. This is yeah. like nuts. Yeah. So she's already suspicious. Yeah. And she gets she she picks Ben up. She manages to find the address. She drops them off, and and then Susan Sarandon goes in the house with the kids, leaving Julia Roberts outside. Um, standing above some of Jackie's paperwork. So yeah. she snoops through it yeah. and sees some plane tickets to LA and yeah. a letter from somebody at Random House LA. Yeah. And she jumps Saying to the Saying like, so you don't worry, it'll all be fine. Excited yeah. to see you, something like that. Yeah. And she jumps to the conclusion that Jackie is going back to Random House, but she's going back to Random House in LA. Very and, fair conclusion yeah, to jump to, I think. And taking the kids. Yeah. Which makes her freak out because, yeah. I mean... She loves her husband to be, and she he, loves her he'll husband. be destroyed. And yeah. she's getting to be quite fond of these kids. <laughs> yeah, so she's you know she's already like jacking in her job basically for these kids. Yeah, like she, she likes. She them. got fired. Yeah. Um, and when Jackie comes out the house, Julia Roberts, um, says to her, you know what she's found, and she's like, "Don't please don't take the kids away from Luke. He'll be devastated." And she's like yeah. crying, and she's really upset about this. And Jackie's le- leading her to believe that that is what she's doing. Like, why yeah. would you care? You know, yeah. isn't this what you've always wanted? Yeah. And then um, that's when the revelation happens that after Julia Roberts finishes like her big spiel about please don't take these kids away from my yeah. husband to be. It's such good crying. Him. Such good crying. Jackie sparks up a joint. <laughs> <laughs> so good. She sparks up a spliff and she says, actually. You guessed the wrong secret. I am going to LA, but it's where the, my um, oncologist is. Yeah. And she says something like, you know, um, what's the line? Something about smoking weed at the... Yeah. It's like pot is legal now, but you have to have, you have, cancer, to have cancer first. Good thing is pot's legal now, but you have to have cancer first. And she's yeah. like, and Julia Roberts takes a moment and she's like, are you dying? Yeah. Not and today. Like, Not today. And that's how they, I ha- that's how Julia Roberts finds out. <laughs> and now we're getting into like the bottom quarter of the movie mm. where things get rough. Rough. Like, it's actually, it, it's one thing after another. It's one cry yeah. scene after another. It's actually yeah. relentless. It's relentless. <sighs> like, so there's the like, there's the bit of like Jackie desperately trying to make like 
cinematic memories with her children that they'll remember forever. So that's the bit that really I've got shivers thinking. It's about, the, so hor- the horses the horse, at night in the snow. So the bit that really got um, oh my god, I'm gonna cry. It's relentless. <laughs> the bit that got my boyfriend really crying was because he saw so much of his mum in that scene where he was like, yeah, she she's very like. Um, fly by the seat of her pants would like you know yeah. wants them to have all these crazy big memories and wants them yeah. and she she sees it snowing outside and she's like oh this would be so nice to take my daughter out for like a solo yeah. horse ride in the snow and she's doing that though because she knows that this is the last chance that she probably have to do it I can't it's so sad and they go for this um, this horse ride in the snow and you're as a viewer, sobbing and you're thinking this is such a special memory but it's so tainted because it's yeah. so, like, how can you enjoy the, like... And also, like... And also, that she hasn't told Anna yet either. That's coming soon. So she, Anna just thinks she's having a special moment with her mom. She doesn't, oh, yeah, that's she doesn't, it. She know, doesn't know. Like, she doesn't know. You know as a viewer. Yeah. She, Anna doesn't know and she just thinks it's this really cool thing she's doing. And Jackie holds a like brave face through the whole thing yeah. and she's just enjoying it for what it is. So she's like And then I think something happens and then they go for the this drink, her and Julia. Yeah. What's the, the reason that they I'm trying to remember? I don't know. So the thing is, we've been talking about this movie in such detail, but we've we've actually missed loads. Like, there's like there was a bit where she was gonna never allow Julia Roberts with her ever again. Oh, she loses. In. Yeah, she loses. That that comes like part way through. Yeah, she yeah. Loses, she ben. loses Ben. Oh, yeah. that's it. She loses Ben, and Julia Roberts threatens to, um, you know, get custody of the children. Oh, Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Susan Sarandon wants custody of the children. She she can't yeah. believe that Julia Roberts lost Ben. Da da da, and then. Um, so that happens and then obviously that doesn't go ahead. Yeah. Um but finally Finally they offer the drink, which has come after the, the joint scene, yes. And then she opens the drink with being like, I I once lost Ben. Yeah. So she tells yeah. the kid's stepmom that she's like, like she's she, not perfect. She's not perfect and she's she she's wanting to bond with this woman now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she's realised that she's probably not going to live through this and she she doesn't want to end on a bad yeah no yeah. so she sits down and says to um Julia Roberts I lost Ben once in the supermarket and she's like he never told me that and she's like he only remembers that I found him yeah and um Julia Roberts is like why did you never tell me she's like you know why yeah because she at the time she just didn't she wanted to be the perfect mother and she didn't yeah. she hated her yeah at the time and oh my god, this the worst, the worst bit, the worst bit in the whole movie. Yeah. So I think this is what Julia Roberts should have gotten her Oscar for, mm. as much as I adore Erin Brockovich. Yeah, <laughs> and I do adore Erin Brockovich, where she says, you know, you know, you're perfect, and like, think down the line. <laughs> no, I can't get through. Think down the line to her wedding, and I'm alone in a room with Remember. her. Telling her that no woman has ever looked more beautiful and I'm fluffing her gown. And my worst fear is all she's thinking is, I wish my mom was here. And then Susan Sarandon says, and my fear is that she won't. Oh my God, it's so sad. It's so, why is it so terrible? And like, and you can feel so much for both these women that have this like, 
Susan Sarandon's worried that her kid's going to forget her. Yeah. And Julia Roberts is worried that she's never going to live up to this perfect woman. They're both in these like impossible situations, like, and it's like they just have to, and there's like no option but to just accept it. Like, there's like nothing you can do. Like, it's so awful, Mom. It's so awful. Yeah, it's the worst thing ever. It's the worst thing ever. Like I've watched. I, I'm a crier, and I cry at movies, yeah. and I, I actually. The thing is with this movie is and everyone can relate. Yeah. There's no it's not just a sad sad thing in a film where you're like, "Oh yeah, that's sad." You're yeah. like, you can relate to it so hard. Yeah. Totally. Like whenever like whenever I'm with my mom, there always comes a moment where I realize that like oh, like this woman like grew me using only sex and food. <laughs> Like in inside her, and now she just has to deal with me like in a different country, making mistakes and like doing stuff, and sometimes like not remembering to call her for two weeks or what you know what I mean, like just like being a fucking dick, you know, and like how how do you how, I'm like how do you psychically deal with that? That must be so terrible. And then you watch this movie and the full weight of like everything mothers experience, regardless of whether or not they're dying or whatever. It's like that they. You know, we're all gonna shuffle off the mortal coil eventually. We all have to live with the fact that these people go on without us, and how that hits for mothers is just like this different realm. Like you know, you're like you don't want to miss out on anything. Yeah, and the fact that the reason this one's so hard is like because the kids are so young. Yeah, and like she's the oh the scene where she's like, she's in the house. Oh my god, she's in the house, and she like she's tucking her kids in, and then. She just stops at one point and she like it's like she realizes. Yeah. And she's looking at them both and she's like freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. She's watching them sleep and she's freaking out. She's like, fuck, I'm not gonna be yeah. there. I don't like, are they gonna be okay? It's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and that scene, that's when that like music, that da da da. Yeah. And she's like staring at her kids and she's like, oh my god, it's yeah, it's relentless. It's relentless. And then the scene as well when so she's told everyone by this point. Yeah. And she goes off to have her chemo. Uh-huh. Well, she goes off to LA and she yeah. comes back. Was that when the meatball scene happens and the dreaming thing is when she's in LA? I can't remember. No, that's early on when she has when she starts the chemo, but then yeah. she goes to LA, I think for some like treatment that that may yeah. help her. And then something. it doesn't work, yeah. But she comes back and she's like in a wheelchair and then like oh, Isabel yeah. goes to pick her up from the airport with the yeah. kids. Like, where's the dad? Come on. Where's the fucking dad? <laughs> I re- the thing is, if he was in it more, it would make the no, wor- would... film worse because it's about no, these two it's women. it's about the, 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 their relationship and their bonding. And then, so they go and Ben sort of turns to the stepmom now and he's asking her questions. Yeah. And he's like, you know, why is she in a wheelchair or like yeah. or something like that and and Julia Roberts is having to be the strong one that's like yeah. you know don't mention it basically like she's fine yeah she's just feeling a bit tired crap today yeah. she's tired and and then you come up to Christmas yeah and um, the scene where the dad picks up a Christmas tree yeah and takes it round for her yeah, because he's thinking she's she probably hasn't got one yet. Like, yeah. who, who's going to go and do this for her? She's probably can't do it herself because she's oh. getting weaker or whatever. 
And um, then he turns to her and he's like crying and he's like, what the fuck am I going to, what am I going to do without you? And that really, that always really gets me as well. Cause yeah. I'm like, yeah, it shows that he still loves and cares about I her. Know. And there's like a scene where in early on in the movie where she snaps at him and she's like, oh, how convenient that we're a we every time you want me to do something I don't want to do kind of thing. Yeah. Like something oh, yeah, like yeah. that. And then towards the end of the movie, he's like, when they're talking about breaking it to the kids, they're like, we're, this is something we're doing. We're doing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, just having been there when my, you know, th- those conversations when I was young of my parents sitting me down, you know. Yeah to tell me some horrible news or something together was you can really feel that in that scene where they tell the children yeah and the kids are like are you guys breaking up again kind of thing and it's like these are already kids who've been traumatised by this marriage and this divorce first of all they're told they're just getting their feet back on planet earth and now they're getting knocked off again it's so unfair and the reaction that the daughter always had really bothered me yeah but now it makes now it makes perfect sense but she she sort of she gets told her mum's sick and her immediate reaction is to get up and say, well, you didn't mum's dying, Isabel's your, your mother mom. now. Yeah. And I used to think, fuck, that's so awful. Yeah. And the look on Susan Sarandon's face, she does that. Susan Sarandon does this role perfectly. Yeah. She's so good. <laughs> She's so good. And, and, um, but now watching it, I'm like, yeah, of course you feel that way. You're you're angry. The kid was angry. Yeah. How dare like life throw another thing at her? It's her so unfair. Divorced. She then got told that her dad was remarrying and yeah. that her dream she of her parents. She had to see Julia Roberts together. in the shower, which is gonna affect her self-image for the rest of her life. <laughs> and then she gets told she's losing like not only her mother, but like Mother Earth, mother. Yeah, like the, the mother, the 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 person that is it, the strongest person in her life. Yeah, that will the most be consistent person. Yeah. yeah. And there's a scene where um, the dad is sort of says to Susan Strandon, like, "It should have been me." Oh my god! And then there's yeah. a small part of you that goes, "Yeah, yeah like actually, been. we'd get over that." <laughs> like, like she can't you're like you basically yeah. you can't lose this woman yeah she's, she's she is like the meeting point where all information and love comes together do you know what I mean like she's the Venn diagram of everything like how are they gonna survive like I mean he's like I am not equipped to like no. do this and him and Julie Roberts that both of them feel like they are not equipped yeah that woman is everything to those children yeah everything She's their support. She's their. But like, even she's the like the only reason that Julia Roberts and Ed Harris are able to have the beautiful relationship they do is because of that woman, because yeah. of the load she carries with those children, you know. And no wonder she's fucking resentful of that. Yeah. And then like, and it's so it's so correct because like she has like a little exchange with with Ben, but then like with Ben's only seven, like He's so, seven, so like he kind of is able to. You're just like okay or whatever you kind of just he's really it. taking it in his stride yeah because he doesn't know what any of it means really and then they just start dancing oh it's oh my god that scene even though it's like a happy scene it's unbearable so and uh, so Susan Sarandon and um, Ben Jackie yeah. and Ben are, are dancing to ain't, ain't no man no mountain high no. and yeah. and um, the young girl who has just found out that her mum is sick, who has stormed off and said some really, yeah. really horrible things. 
um, she hears this song and she goes into the bedroom and she can't believe that they're just having fun because I've just found out this horrific news that you've got cancer. Like, how can you be dancing around and having fun? And she says something like, this "This is is Isabel's song. Yeah. Like, you don't know this song. This is Isabel's song. And then the mum's like, listen. Isabel knows the words, but I got the moves. moves. And then... They, they put the song on again and they start dancing and singing to their hairbrushes and they have this like glorious night where like they're like seeing their mum, witnessing their mum sort of like just yeah. be a bit more loose than normal yeah. and dance and like they have this really, really enjoyable memory with their mum. Yeah. Because that's all that matters. She's gone through the like the, the sort of the seven stages of grief really kind of thing she's it, like, already. She's like, all I can do is make the best of what I have left. Like it's... Yeah. And then you find, but still at this point, like... I hope when I'm dying, I handle it as well as Susan Sarandon does in this movie. Oh, I just know that I wouldn't act like that. No, I know. I would be a brat. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be okay. I would just be so miserable and sad. I, I know, think. but then you'd move through that and then you get into your Ain't No Mountain High Enough thing. I hope so. Listen, but... we all have to die eventually, so we might as well go out like Susan Sarandon. She... And she really just, yeah, she takes it in her stride. And then I think we find out then that um, the doctor's like, you could try, yeah. this hasn't worked, but yeah. you could try some other things. Mm-hmm. And Susan Sarandon says, no, I just want to spend my time at home. Yeah. In my head when I watch that bit, I'm like, no, try the other things. Please I know, try the I'm other like, things. Try the it really thing. like, bothers me. Yeah. But then Matt was saying when we watched it together the other night, my boyfriend, he said, yeah, but if you... We haven't, we don't know the ins and the outs. There's probably yeah. a small chance, and she probably knows that. Yeah. And it's probably spread to the point of like, yeah. and you don't want to spend your last days writhing in pain mm. when you could be spending them at home. Yeah. With your Even if you get like, because you have to travel, you'd totally. have to go to like Europe for them. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also conscious that people who are listening will have had cancer like affect their lives, and they probably had a bunch of people choose a di- bunch of different routes from like the no yeah. more treatment to the like any treatment possible thing. But it is such like a, it's so... It's a personal decision. It's such a personal decision, like, and there's no right or wrong thing. No, there's no right or wrong thing. And I, I, you, you presume if you were in that position that you would be like, no, no, I'll try everything. But actually, the reality is traveling's hard on the body anyway. And if you're constantly traveling back and forth, you just want to spend, you know, you might have longer than you thought. You want to just spend that time with the people that you love. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) And then um, we get to Christmas Day and they all have Christmas Day together in the big house. And like... The white dove. The white dove. Isabel and Ed ha- and Isabel and Luke are downstairs and, and they do this kind of thing where they're like, everyone's so respectful that like she needs as much private time with these children as she possibly can. She it's needs like, to almost have a, a tiny little private Christmas as well. Yeah. And like they, so they go upstairs individually and she makes them these beautiful quilts of all the photographs. <laughs> Oh my god, that quill. It makes me cry just thinking about it. It's like... Yeah. And you're looking at these photos and you're like, oh, she's going to have this quill forever. Forever. And it's got pictures of her and her on it and it's really sad. And... Oh, so she has these like really beautiful moments with her two kids, which is probably, I think, what they're getting at. It's like, it's her last Christmas. Yeah. And there's something really devastating about Christmas anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, Christmas is such a sad time of year for people that have lost someone or a parent. You know what I mean? Like, in Christmas, because you're meant to feel so joyful at Christmas. And if you don't, you almost feel like 
more Cause, cause shit. It's, it's just like exactly because like everything's being pushed on you for like a month beforehand. It's like yeah, you, yeah you're coming you, out for a drink. You have a you got to enjoy it. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you must enjoy it. It's Christmas, and yeah. you're like, but what if I'm in a fucking shit headspace? Yeah. What if my mum is dead? What and if Susan's my mum's dying? Yeah. yeah. And I'm having to like be like just having these last conversations last Christmas conversations like that's really fucking sad how yeah. can anyone enjoy that and they're trying to make it special and I know and the thing that always gets me is like I know that my mum would do that too yeah my all mom our mums would do it she'd be like really putting on a brave face and like you know trying to say all the right things like I'll always be in your heart and stuff it's yeah. so like ugh. and um yeah you you think every mum would do that yeah every mum would do that and so she has these like special moments with her kids, especially as well that like I know we're going on so long, but like, I know it's an epic film. It's an epic film, and this podcast will be of epic proportions. But it's like Christmas is such a time where women's labor is so central to it. Yeah, and like it's almost like I heard someone describe it once as like Christmas is a time where like women who already do too much women who already do too much do twice as much as that and it's our jobs to just like both ease it and praise it kind of yeah. thing and it's so much of like I don't know about your house but Christmas Day is like and look at mom and look what she did and this and obviously we all help but like everyone for oh, years but it's all it's, Christmas it's, it's revolves around mothers it just does mothers make Christmas happen or traditionally they do anyway obviously everyone has different family everyone situations everyone has different families but yeah in yeah. my family uh, again it's it's centred around um, well, obviously, I'm from a, a divorced family, but yeah. like um, my mum, my Christmas with my mum is it's very traditional how her and her sisters had their Christmas. Yeah. When yeah. they were young. And it's very specific to my mum's uh, traditions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're just along for the ride and it's my mum. She does the cooking. She exactly. Does... And you're enlisted to peel things and scrub things, but like she is the, and the, way she decorates the captain her tree of that ship. Yeah. And, everything. and so for a woman who already does too much and like the Susan Sarandon the Jackie character like for her to not be in the kitchen or not be wrapping presents or not be like bustling around doing a million things like at Christmas it's like that's like I know it's not pointed out but it's what I just thought about the whole time yeah like, like I was listening, upstairs in bed basically. upstairs in bed like that would have been so alien for a woman like that to be doing that at Christmas like I was this is unrelated but I was listening to an interview with Nancy Myers recently and she was talking about how the holiday failed in the cinemas and she said it's like yeah because my audience are busy at Christmas yes <laughs> Oh it's like yes. wow how, what a way to know your audience yes. you know? oh my god yeah. yeah so yeah so then we have Christmas downstairs so she goes downstairs and yeah. um, they do the unveiling of, of the, the white dove. dove which I think has the symbolism of like peace oh I <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that it's like oh, of course it's a peace symbol the white dove is a peace symbol very good Lou you told me that you wouldn't be good at this <laughs> uh, no, but you are to be fair it was a conversation I have to I, I, I feel bad taking complete credit for it because yeah. um, I had that conversation with Matt when we were watching it yeah I feel like you could only have a conversation with somebody who'd seen it for the first time yeah and he because was like, I'm so oh, like the white dove's peace and I was like oh yeah and then he and, and then and then we were talking about it and I was like he he thought maybe that was a bit on the nose but I was like, but I've been no, watching I this like, movie for my whole no, I know, life. I mean, I never even realized. But he did yeah. want to be a magician when he was young, so maybe. Yeah. He, but the what the white dove. So it's like the peace symbol of that of of like yeah. they have made peace. Yeah. With 
the fact that she's dying and the two women, the two central characters have made peace yeah. with each other and they are happy for each other to be in, in their daughter's lives. Yeah. And then the last scene in the movie is like Isabel taking the family photo. Which is, so she sets up the camera. Yeah. Um, she's taking the picture of the kids with their, both their parents, joint Christmas, last joint Christmas. Yeah. And then... At the end, Susan Sarandon says, "Now let's get one with the whole family." <sighs> and then she, Julie Roberts, comes and sits next to her, and it's she like, sits next to her. She sits, and she looks <sighs> the look on her face when she says, "The whole family" is like this look on Julia Roberts' face of like, "I've been yeah. accepted, and you know, I'm, I, I should be here. This is my family now." And she yeah. like looks really happy, and she sits next to her. Yeah, and it's like so perfect because it's that thing of like this these characters are not people who are ever physically close together. No. Like they're always across the tables or across rooms talking at each other. So she's kind of very gingerly sitting next to her because she's a sick person and she's someone who's been her enemy for like most yeah, of the yeah. time she's, she's known been horrible her. to her. But I know, and then this like little this awkward little moment where like Jackie puts her arm on her shoulder, her hand on her shoulder, and it's but it's so perfect it's perfect it's such incredible body language acting it is the subtlety of it is so good and she puts her arm on and then Julia Roberts very sort of slowly puts her hand up and puts her hand on Susan Sarandon's hand and it's this tiny moment that no one else in the room will really know about and even in the photograph will barely come out no but it's this very intense moment between the two women where you go they're okay yeah yeah, and it's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. But but Susan Sarandon has, Jackie has made peace with the fact that this is the woman that is going to be in her yeah. kids' lives. And she's showing her that by putting yeah. her arm around her. <sighs> and that's it, Mum. <laughs> Honestly, re-watching it again this time, yeah. I was like... Oh, I was nervous to watch it because I cry so much. Like, yeah. you know, watching yeah. it, that you're just going to have a terrible, terrible... Yeah. It's not terrible in a bad way, but it's like, you're just going to cry a lot. Yeah. And you're going to think about your own mom. But it's also just like, yes, the last quarter is an onslaught and it is really difficult. Relentless, yeah. But it, not in the way that the last 25 minutes of Titanic feels like relentless. It's like, it feels just so earned and and comfortable in a way kind of thing and like it's it's actually a very cozy and pleasurable movie to watch it is for and most of it like a lot of it is quite funny there are some yeah. funny moments it's visual, great lines great lines really like um visual as you say yeah it's a lovely watch like yeah. on the eyes yes. very Gilmore Girls very because it's always fall yeah it's yeah. like or I'm like, gonna say like October to December is the whole run of the movie you know and um yeah it's like an autumn it's yeah. an autumn film. Yeah, and there aren't that many autumn films. No, you know? I never, th- I never realised it was an autumn film until rewatching yeah. it now. That's why we're releasing this in February. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! And our Valentine's Day special is Stepmom, Step a movie about two women who hate each other and learn to love one another through cancer. <laughs> but that's nice because it's Valentine's Day special is actually about two women. Because who said Valentine's Day has to be for the... It's Galentine's it's Day. It's Galentine's Day. <laughs> it's a Galentine's Day special. It is a Galentine's Day special. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And... Obsessed. And just to throw in a fact... Okay. 
at the very end, Julia Roberts was apparently going to be played by Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. I don't believe that at all. Have you? If you go on IMDb yeah. and you look at any film, uh, the the character was always going to be played by Molly Ringwald. It's, oh my god! I was going to say that. It's so weird because Molly Ringwald basically was in five movies when she was quite young. And, yeah, and, and all hasn't... of a sudden she's like she was going to play Baby and she was going to play like like why is Molly Ringwald up for all these roles and she never gets them. She never, get, or maybe she just doesn't want to do them. <laughs> she just like flakes at the last minute. Like it couldn't, nah. have, it couldn't have been anyone else. No, I, I think it's just become this thing now that just automatically appears on IMDb. Pages. Yeah, it's just it was going to be played by Molly Ringwald. Yeah, if any movie was made between 1995 and 2005, it was going to be played by Molly Ringwald. Yeah, so funny. When I saw that, I really laughed. I was like, yeah, of course. she's back now. She actually is playing something. She's in um the new feud. TV show by Truman Capote. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, she's back. She's back. She's actually taken one of the many roles she's been offered. <laughs> IMDb, she's back. She's back. IMDb is going to freak out. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's official. <laughs> oh, we have oh, to laugh. Um, you got to end on a laugh. Come you on. Gotta, you got to laugh. So this has been... um. So great. I've loved recording I've had episodes. such a good time. What a great morning. I know. And like, I was a bit like, God, it's funny that I'm a comedian, but I've chosen to... The saddest movie the saddest... in the world. I know. Yeah. Lou Taylor, you are a comedian. I'm a comedian. Tell us about that. I'm a comedian. I'm working on my first hour. Mm. Um, I'm hoping to take it up to Edinburgh this year. It's called Jeans and a Nice Top. Love it. And it's, it is, really, it's about growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s. So there's a lot of... Yeah. Lot of that material in there. Oh, seems so like you, you you'll enjoy it, Caroline. You should come. Oh. <laughs> I welcome. <laughs> it's I'm doing a preview at uh, the Pleasants on the 9th of March. Oh, um, I can come to that. Yeah, at I'll be there. Seven forty. Yeah, and yeah, and it's um it's a bit of video. It's like multimedia. Some because I make short sketches as well. Mm. They're all online. Mm. So you can see them on my. And Instagram. what's your Instagram? Lou Taylor Trash. Okay. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Thanks for having me. I've had so much fun. Thanks, Lou. Thanks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.